American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello, and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate us and give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. Yo soy Tomas Cuervo. I mean, and I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about the Martyrs of La Florida, a period of martyrdom that rivals any such period before it in Christian history. Seriously. When I was doing research for the American Catholic Almanac, my number one takeaway was that we American Catholics do not need to cross an ocean to find amazing stories of faith, martyrdom, perseverance, and holiness. This whole collection of martyrs is a great example of that. Right. So many witnesses to the faith, so many who knew that their decision to become missionaries here would most likely mean death. And so many converts who likely knew that their decision to become Catholic would likely cost them their lives. Yeah, the witness is so powerful that there is a massive effort afoot in Florida to have the whole lot recognized as martyrs by the Vatican. And they're working to erect a shrine to the whole lot of the Martyrs of Las Floridas near Tallahassee, Florida. So how many people are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about more than 1,000 martyrs, priests, religious, and converts who accepted death, frequently painful, gruesome deaths, rather than renounce the faith. Or take the easy way out. Yes, or take the easy way out. Some of them knew that martyrdom was likely for them if they went there or remained here, but they went or stayed anyhow. And where are we talking about? What part of America? This was in the vast area from the southern tip of Florida, as far west as Mobile, Alabama, over to the coast of Jacksonville and St. Augustine, and as far north, actually, as present-day Richmond, Virginia. So as far north as present-day Richmond was considered part of Florida? Well, during the early period of these martyrdom events, the Spanish were the only European game in town. The English hadn't begun exploring and settling this region. This was well before Jamestown or Roanoke. So while the Spanish didn't conquer that far north in a military and political sense, some missionaries traveled that far north to spread the gospel and were killed for their trouble. So when are we talking about? The first martyrdom was in June of 1549, and the last was in 1761, so 212 years. Over that span, the 1,000-plus martyrs gathered in this group were killed in 43 different martyrdom events. So a number of these saw a fairly large group of people killed at one time. Yes, indeed. And who did the killing in these martyrdoms? Well, the early ones were done by natives who felt threatened by the religion brought by these strangers. Then they were joined by the anti-Catholic Englishmen who got their native allies to join in. The first martyrs were in June 1549, and they were Dominicans, Father Luis Cancer, and companions. They had been ministering in Guatemala and received permission to go evangelize in Florida. They arrived on the west coast of Florida near Tampa Bay and came ashore. At first, all was well with the natives who were of the Tocobaga tribe. Father Concher returned to the boat with most of the laborers and crew and left two of his Dominican confreres on shore to live with the Tocobaga. Shortly thereafter, the tribe turned on the Dominicans and killed them. Father Concer did not let this deter him. Six days later, he made his way back to shore to continue the work of evangelization that they had come to do. He was initially greeted warmly and led toward the forest, but then they attacked and beat him to death while the rest of his crew watched from their landing boats. The Tokabaga would remain a foe of Christianity for a long time. The next group was 17 years later, and this time it was part of the wave of Jesuits. 
Right. The Jesuits weren't in the region for long, less than 40 years, but they also shed their share of blood. Oh, yeah. The first martyr was in 1566, Father Pedro Martinez S.J., who had come ashore in search of food and to find help with directions. After being received well by a few tribes, a subsequent tribe didn't like what he had to say, and they killed him. And then the next group of Jesuit missionaries who came were the ones who made it to the Richmond area in what they knew as the Ahakan region. Yes. Down in Florida, there was a native boy from the Ahakan region who lived with the Spanish. He had gone to Spain and been baptized, given the name Don Luis, and was educated. Now he was back in the Americas. He wanted to help with the mission trips to his native land, Ahakan. So Father Juan Batista de Segura and a band of Jesuits got on some ships and sailed for the Chesapeake Bay, which the Spanish had actually named Bahia de la Madre de Dios, or the Bay of the Mother of God. Once they got on shore and started heading for the tribal lands, however, Don Luis split from them and raced ahead. The reception was not good. Don Luis actually led two different attacks of his people against the Jesuits, killing them all. A 14-year-old boy who had accompanied the party was the lone survivor. He was picked up a year later when the governor of La Florida sent a party to see what had become of the Jesuits. After the Jesuits proved so ineffective at converting the natives, the Spanish government turned to the Franciscans in the 1590s. Yes, and they wasted no time showing that their blood could flow for Christ as well. In 1597, five Franciscans were killed in present-day Georgia by natives who couldn't handle the teaching about marriage. They were used to polygamy, and they weren't going to let these priests tell them that they could only have one wife. So they killed the Franciscans. These are known as the Georgia Martyrs, and their story may actually merit a telling all its own. The teaching that marriage means one man and one woman, and that polygamy is not allowed, became a sticking point a number of times. Yes, there were a number of cases where the natives explicitly cited the desire to retain their traditional practice of polygamy as the reason they were killing the Catholic priests. And the priests would not back down from that teaching about marriage and would not renounce the faith or trample upon a crucifix, and so were killed. There were more such episodes of natives killing the European clerics, and eventually native converts began to be numbered among the martyrs. Those who hated the faith not only hated those who spread it, but also those who had come to embrace it. 1702 saw an attack that was entirely natives on natives with no clerics involved. A village of 45 who had all been baptized was attacked by a rival tribe that hated the Catholic faith. They demanded that the entire village spit upon the cross and renounce the faith. Only 10 did so. When the resolution of the rest of the village was apparent, they grabbed the daughter of the chief and her nine-year-old son and demanded that they spit on the cross. They both refused. So they tortured the son in front of his mother. Both the boy and his mother prayed the rosary until the boy died, his mother encouraging him to endure the suffering. Much like Maccabees. Truly. Eventually, the wars of religion raging in Europe made their way to the Americas, and the killing took on a new political element. Yes, English Protestants established settlements, and in the beginning of the 1700s, we begin to see the first killings of Catholics on this continent by fellow Europeans. In 1704, the martyrdom that is being used as the lead cause in the current canonization push took place. The mission of La Concepcion de Ayubale was near Tallahassee. The English and their allies in the Creek tribe came down from the Carolinas and attacked. They overcame the mission and demanded all Catholics convert. A convert named Antonio Cuipa became an especial target of their hate. He was a father of two and was a gifted catechist, musician, and carpenter with a devotion to St. Joseph. He had led many souls to Christ. The English tied him to a cross in front of the whole village and lit a fire under him to torture him, and they did 
other tortures as well. From the cross, he continued to encourage the faithful to hold on to their faith. As he was nearing death, he cried out that the Blessed Mother had appeared to him and was speaking to him to encourage and comfort him in his final moments. Wow. Uh, But he wasn't the only one killed that day. No. Others were tied to crosses and tortured and killed, including Father Juan Parga, OFM. But there was one important witness to come out of this martyrdom event. A native chief who had been baptized was struck on the head with a tomahawk and knocked unconscious. They thought he was dead. When he came to, he was taken prisoner by the Creek Indians, who demanded that he renounce his Catholic faith and spit on a cross. He said to them that if they brought him a cross, that he would pray before it. He said he would pray that they would abandon their false religion and come to the one true religion of Jesus Christ. He said he would pray that they would throw away their native idols, saying that their native idols were nothing but devils that deceive and dominate them. So he recognized the danger of retaining native idols. Sure did. And he died exhorting his fellows to abandon their idols and to worship the true God. The English and their Creek allies weren't done, however. They went on a spree going from mission to mission throughout the Appalachian region, the area around Tallahassee, demanding that all Catholics renounce the faith. At one mission, the two whom they set upon were natives of the Tokabaga tribe who had converted and become powerful catechists and evangelizers. The Creek cut out their tongues and mocked them before beheading. Them. Uh, but the Tokobaga, of course, were the ones who killed the first martyr, Father Concer, and his companions 155 years earlier that we started this whole story about. So at least these Tokobaga came to die for the faith they previously despised. Grace works in amazing ways. Sure does. At another mission, the natives were ordered to march to slavery in the Carolinas unless they renounced the faith. One woman refused to cooperate because she knew that this meant being far from the church and the priests, and that meant the sacraments. About 40 villagers followed her example. They were tied up, tossed into the river, and shot with arrows. The stories just keep going of priests, religious, laymen, women, boys, girls, all fearlessly facing death rather than renounce the faith. They faced gory tortures and executions, scalpings, arms cut off, tongues cut out, beaten, tied to crosses, drowned, burned, beheaded, shot with arrows, and other creative ways of inflicting pain and death. The stories are mind-numbing. They run together as just stories that we can't imagine living through. So these 1,000-plus martyrs of La Florida, what is the status of their cause for canonization? Well, the drive to have them all canonized has reignited in recent years, but it actually goes back to 1702. Shortly after the martyrdom of Antonio Cuipa and companions, King Philip V of Spain learned of the martyrs and the ongoing attacks against the missions and alerted Pope Clement XI. The Pope, in turn, ordered the Franciscans to begin to document everything. There were a number of attempts to open the cause in the 20th century, but rule changes in the Vatican scuttled them all. Then, in 2005, a few groups of laity who had no connection to one another independently developed interest in the cause, and in particular, an attractive open land on the east side of Tallahassee. Some had visited it and smelled what they described as incense in the air. They inquired and found out it had been purchased to be a shrine to Mary, Queen of Martyrs, and as a commemoration of the 1,000-plus martyrs of the Mission of La Florida. Things coalesced, momentum built, and the cause was formally opened in 2015. Since then, the work is underway to research as many of the martyrs as possible, to make sure as many of them as possible are canonized by name. But even before the work of the Vatican is complete, the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, is working to build on that land the Shrine of Mary, Queen of Martyrs, for the memory and bloody witness of these men and women of the missions of La Florida will never be forgotten. 
You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please be sure to give us a rating and a review. To learn more about today's topic, to find previous episodes, and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash history. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash Media or on Twitter at sqpn. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History on StarQuest. Ahakan. 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 Not Shaka Khan. Ahakan. Let me rock it. Let me rock it. Ahakan. Tomas Cuervo. <laughs>